0: Welcome to Lead with Clarity, where we help you focus on what matters most. I'm your host, Scott Sutherland, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shondell. Shondell, what's one word that would describe how you're feeling right now?
1: I feel relieved. Ah, nice. I feel like I finally got my newsletter done, and I love to end a quarter and let everyone know what's going on, and it kind of inspired this podcast. What's one word you feel?
0: I feel excited. Oh, good. Yeah. Exciting? I know. Dr. I Scott great.
1: is excited, everybody. You don't hear that that's, every day.
0: That's uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about empowering others to shine.
1: Yes. I'm so excited about it. Now, if people read the newsletter, which we really just go there right now and just go to Shondell, just one word, com and you can f- subscribe because these quarterly newsletters I pack full of information. And what we did this time, which I think people will really enjoy, is we finished out a little series we did. And we just did a brief overview of the five drivers of great leaders. And so this is the fifth one. And it is the E in the acronym SERVE. And our philosophy is that leadership is all about serving those that are following you. And if you serve them, they will follow you and you all can then serve the mission that you've all agreed upon. So it's a pretty good, um, pretty good series. I feel like we're going to do an in-depth series here on this podcast. So I don't want to go into everything, but I'll just go through what they each stand for. The S is self-awareness. And so a lot of work that we do here at Shondell Group always starts with this foundation because you have to have that level of self-awareness in everything you do.
0: And that's all about emotional intelligence, which is why we run the Clarity Report on all of our clients, so that we get the their behaviors, we understand their driving forces, and their emotional intelligence.
1: Yeah, the, that self-awareness has to start, I believe, with clarity about who you are, how you're wired, what your leadership style is, what your behavior style is, what your communication style is, what you're motivated by, And then you will have huge awareness of everyone around you as well. And that's basically how, you know, that emotional intelligence works. We start with self-awareness and then we learn how to regulate because we're finally feeling for the first time if we're really aware. And where motivation is the third key. key. And then um, social, what we call regulation, like how do you help others? And that's all about empathy. We've also called it empathy before. How do we help others regulate? And then that social awareness. Is how do you really use your skills, your self awareness to help everyone else get to their next level? You are right on that it's emotional intelligence is how we grow that self-awareness. And, um, I'm ready to do that podcast right now. I just love it so much because that is the foundation of all great leadership, <laughs> but I'll keep going. The next, the E is extending trust. It's all about trust. So when we are doing leadership and we are being a great leader, we have to go first. So when we say extend trust, we have to really trust those that we have been entrusted with. And then the R is real connection. And so connection is absolutely essential in leadership. So connection is super important in leadership because you gotta really know your people. And you we've given we gave a lot of tips on how to do that, but people need to feel connected, emotionally connected to you as the leader to the mission values of the organization, and to their teammates. And it's your job to really do that um, as a servant leader. And then the V in the word serve is vision focused. And boy, is this a great one because we are always to keep that positive vision in front of people um, and always really focused on how can I always repeat Always align, always re- help people remember that we're on doing something great here. Okay, and then that leads us to our last one, which was empowering others to shine. And that's what we wrote our newsletter on. So I have newsletters on all the other four. But this is all about having people see that you trust them, that you are empowering them, and that you are absolutely going to invest in them to help them be the best they can be.
0: Yeah. And I really like how you directed this newsletter, uh, especially in regards to really keeping talent and, and what that means for organizations to raise up future leaders. Why don't you speak into that a little bit? Yeah,
1: we really gave a lot of tips on how are you going to keep your talent. And so I basically said, hey, everybody's kind of asking these questions in their head. And this, these are different questions than the real connection, because you first have to hit the connection. So mm-hmm. what I'm talking about now doesn't, don't even go and try this until you know how to really feel connected to your people, because then it's just, eh, it doesn't work. But when we do have that connection, um, then the empowering piece really comes to people going, hey, do you see me? Which is all about how Mm -hmm. can you help them develop their career path? And that's where we're going to dig into today. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And let's face it, this generation that's coming up now, they really feel like they want to be a part of something significant. And so really empowering this generation through their talent, showing them that, hey, I, I do see you. I see your talent. I want to invest in you because you do matter and you're going to be the future leader of this mm-hmm. organization. And I think that really resonates with the generation that's coming up now.
1: Oh, yeah. And um, what beautiful people. You know, I just yeah. am so grateful that they are like that. A little right. bit of that is a lack because they don't feel connected.
0: Yeah, there's a strong altruistic kind of mentality mm-hmm. out there now. They're, they're not so driven by their own personal success as they are driven by something greater than that. Mm-hmm. Some, they want to see a totality of, of, of something that they can believe in. And champion.
1: Yeah. And that is why the vision focused comes before the empowering. I mean, like, yes. And that is why you have to go in order. Because before empowering people, you have to have the vision of why they're there and what you're leading them to. So very good. And I feel like this empowering place, like everyone wants to be seen. And they want to know that they're valued. And I'm going to continue to talk about that on this show until everyone really gets this. And it reminds me um, of how we counterfeit things a lot. And I think the whole social media, getting likes, being retweeted, you know, these kids that take pictures of themselves every three seconds with a different face, the same face. um, I feel like they're trying to be seen, Mm -hmm. but they're not seen. It's not their true self. And when we talk about leaders, I'm not just talking about business leaders, even though that is our target audience and who we help. Mm-hmm. I This applies to coaches. This applies to, you know, people in their home. This applies to us in our marriage, leading each other. Yeah. Like, what does that really mean? How do we see each other? And so one of the ways that I really encourage leaders to to do this, again, I'm going to say it again. You have to have the connection first, but then you have to have a path. You have to have, and, and I, I don't know if this term is overused yet or not. Sometimes I'm stuck in the 80s, but um, the career pathing, hmm. right? Okay. Um, but that is essential for everyone. Hey, we, I'm, I'm 30 years old. Let's just start with a 30 year old and I have the world at my feet and I'm going to be working for 40 more years. So um, what do you got for me? Yeah. And we as leaders want to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And so, a couple things like, oh, we have some amazing company, Scott, that we work with. It's just yeah. such an honor. Mm-hmm. And because they're so amazing and they have, you know, we have these things going in their organizations, they don't have a lot of leadership turnover because they're doing the serve model and they're all of the intricacies of them. However, that creates a little bit of an issue when you got someone in their 30s that is looking like, well, how long is it going to be till I'm in that seat? Mm -hmm. And so we want to answer that question proactively as leaders. And how we do it is we say, hey, these are the skills I see in you. Here's your gifts I see in you. And we really talk about How we are seeing, and that's again where that clarity report comes in because we have a language for them that they and they are agreeing with us because they're the one that took the darn assessment. And then what we say is we're going to empower you, and we're going to keep building into you these skill sets. And we start, you know, and we, it takes some money, it takes some time, some energy, but we start building their skill set. Um, and so like, for example, this is one that's just off the top of my head. We have a leadership lab about getting um, certified, or you don't have to get completely certified, you have to take the certification test necessarily, but somewhat certified trained, you can pass it um, with taking the Clarity Report. So that's called the disc and the driving forces and EQ. I really believe that in organizations, they should be running young talent through this because number one, they're going to have those certifications that makes them feel like they're growing. Number two, it's going to help your organization coming and going. And three, it kind it gives a path without actually having to give a promotion. It gives a path without having to do a lot more, but that person feels so invested in. And so um, we actually at Shondell Group double down on this. Like we have a lot of leadership labs. That are like 90-day programs um, that can actually, they can roll into a year. But what the purpose is, is that they're always feeling invested in and that someone sees me and they see my path. And I think a lot of our corporate dollars have to go toward really having people feel that, wow, you care about me and you are investing in me, not just my um, professional growth, but my personal development and these kind of pieces. So I love this kind of thing, right? Because we're not, we're helping future leaders of America, (laughs) I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. You hit really great points on do you see me. Yeah. What about those employees who might be saying, To their leaders, do you trust me?
1: Yeah. And by the way, I feel like I only gave one tip in the seeing space. I see there's so many more things we can do there, but thank you. I appreciate that. In the do you trust me, so again, we've assumed that the leader has done extend trust well and that there is that felt trust that um, that person feels valued and heard and trusted. This is the next level, which is all about delegation. And delegation is a hard thing because a lot of times, um, you know, there's five steps to delegation. Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, uh, us, I will say us, okay, because I'm going to take responsibility here, go from one to five. I do it. You watch Five, you do it. I don't ha- I don't say another word about it, right? And that's so funny because, okay, well, I delegated that to you. And then we don't go through two, three, and four, which is all the training, which is all the feedback, which is whatever people, everyone's looking for when they're delegated a task. And we go right into being disappointed because the person didn't do it exactly. We told them and they didn't do it right. And then we get disappointed and it's just now we have to go redo it and we're then get mad because disappointment, everyone, when you're disappointed and you don't realize you're disappointed, you go straight to anger and then we take it back, and then we are doing it ourselves again, and we've kind of ruined that relationship. So having the art of delegation is really key, and um, we do have workshops on the five steps of delegation, which I like to do both with the delegator and the delegatees. I don't know if that's really a term, but it's it's really important. I think you were a really good delegator in the dental office back in the day.
0: Well, I think that the thing that worked for me in that environment it doesn't work for for all organizations mm-hmm. uh or or leadership levels but in a dental office for me as a collaborative leader <clears throat> i really enjoyed getting um feedback from from people all throughout my office so as, as an example somebody who worked in sterilization i didn't do that job right so i didn't know the day in day out i of course i understand the necessity of infection control and and how to have high standards in in every area of the office. But for somebody who is in that role, I want to hear from them. How can we do things better? And when they come to me and they say, hey, if if we did this, and then I would delegate that task back to them, they would own it. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: now they're in charge and they feel like, wow, I just empowered them and this is their moment to shine. Yeah. And you know, it often worked so well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, listening to people, getting their feedback, um, having them make the decision, those are all those yeah. stages in three and four. Right. And so often we skip right over those and we just tell people what to do. Yeah. So, I love it. Okay, the third one that we really discussed was
0: Do you respect me?
1: Yes. And this is all about valuing people's time, contribution, and unique abilities in meetings. So we do a lot of work with companies on meetings because they are either amazing and people love the meetings in their organization because they're so effective, or they hate them. And so one of the things that a leader's in charge of is making sure that those meetings draw out all opinions. That yeah. those meetings are addressing everyone's needs. That those meetings are a, a place where I, as the leader, am serving those with me and knowing what they need to go on to their next step. And, um, I, yeah, meetings are, <laughs> meetings are a leader's job. And when they complain about having too many meetings, I kind of look at them going, mm, it's probably your fault because they're not very good meetings then.
0: Yeah, and it is important to respect people's time in meetings and therefore keeping them engaged mm-hmm. in in what what is being talked about what is important right now that we need to focus on and and when meetings are actually on a level of excitement and anticipation and this is for the benefit of the organization and getting people's feedback and knowing people have a voice yes that shows that you respect them
1: yeah absolutely we always talk about the three v's view voice vote and i'm beating this drum all the time with my ceos that we definitely want everyone has a view and we want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on like that is key and a lot of people miss that But that's the easy one. So we want like everyone to have a view that everyone knows what's going on. But then we also want as many people as possible to have a voice in whatever change we're implementing, whatever decision we're making. We need to have voices in that. Um, And then we need to be very clear that not very many people have votes. So the reason that we don't get a lot of voice is because people feel like, well, every time I say something, I don't get my way. Well, that leads to then us having a lack of trust in the organization and in leadership. Because if we're doing this well, then when people feel heard and their voice has been heard, then they usually go along with the decision of the leader that they trust. They just wanted to be heard. And usually they have something really great to say.
0: Yeah. And that is a difficult process for leaders. Oh, yeah. You know, it really is. a uh, I mean, All leaders uh, want to make sure that they are hearing what, what their staff, what their team really wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And yet they themselves have to be the one to make that final decision.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yet they got to get so much feedback and input to make the right decision. And mm-hmm. so we don't want to make quick decisions. We want to make the best decision in a very timely manner. And then the last one that we touched on here, now there's a lot more that we can do to empower others to shine, but the last question we asked was what?
0: Are you investing in me?
1: Yeah, this is a big one. And when we talk about investing, we've already done that through all of these points. Like this is the last one that I talk on for a reason (laughs) because we've had to do all the other stuff before we get to this one. And when we're talking about investing in someone, when we hold people accountable – And we give them um, feedback and those hard conversations. um, That is what really makes people feel like you really care about me. Um, I know that you have started a little new YouTube channel, which is super fun. And you're talking about how to have hard conversations. And so maybe that should be our next podcast where we really talk about the art of having a hard conversation. um, Because when you're holding people accountable, you need to do it, but you got to do it in the right way. And so anyway, uh, we're probably running out of time. So I got to land this plane. And I just really want people to know that empowering others to shine is the way that we're going to hold our talent.
0: Well, that was great, Shondell. And if people want to learn more, they can go to our website, shondellgroup.com, and also subscribe to our newsletter at shondell.com.
1: Yeah, I think we have so much content there that I just want people to learn what they can. And uh, if we can help them, I want to. But this is our way of helping the masses. So everybody, thanks for joining us. And be the best you can be today. Goodbye, everybody.